Good morning, everyone. Today we find ourselves in Psalm 1 and Psalm 2 for our reading. Before I get started, I just wanted to say that, you know, as I'm going through the scriptures here, this is how I do it devotionally uh, and have been reading through the Bible and, and the way that we're doing it as a church. And I hope it blesses you as much as it's blessed me to go through the Word of God in this way. Um, you know, because we're only reading one, sometimes two chapters, it allows some time for you to to really meditate, to seek what the Lord brings to your attention, to research certain things that God seems to highlight as you're reading. So, you know, I, I rarely would just read it and then put it away. I'm always kind of looking for, you know, what comes to the surface? What What is the Holy Spirit leading me to pay attention to in that day? And And that's then what I end up focusing on. You know, to study a, a chapter of the Bible or for me to give a message on the fullness of a chapter of the Bible, I mean, we could literally spend hours on each chapter. I could teach line by line, verse by verse, word by word, and, you know, it would be quite extensive, especially like Genesis 5 last week when we went through, you know, all the, the, the genealogy, you know, leading up to Noah. Um, you know, there's interesting stories that could be found in each of those people uh, if you researched every single one of those. But, you know, in order to do that level of research, it would take us 10 years to go through the Bible. Um, so that's not how I go about it. If I were delivering a whole message verse by verse, there'd be a different level of research that would go into that. But anyways, um, I think for reading, you know, you can read the Bible again. And what's interesting is, you know, again, as I've been doing that, Things that God will bring to my mind right now as we're reading through might not be the things three years from now when I start over. You know, new things will come to the forefront at that time. And uh, I just find it a great way to to take in the whole of Scripture. I've always loved Psalm 1 as we get started now. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. What a wonderful word. <clears throat> and I, when I think of this, I think of, you know, how do you make decisions in life? How do you, who do you surround yourself with? You know, you, you will take on some of the character of the people around you, and, and even what you're taking in, the music you're listening to, the movies that you watch, uh, the friends that you hang out with, you know, you'll end up becoming more like them. And we're being taught right away here in the scriptures how blessed it is when we do not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. We need to check our audiences and you know, one of the things that I tell people is, yes, we want to be in the world, but not of it. And we do hang out with at times or be with people who might not share our faith so that we can influence them, not so that they influence us. And one of the things we have to be asking is when we're hanging out with, say, someone who's not a believer, are we strong enough that we can influence them the right way? Or when we hang out with someone who may be secular, are they drawing us into their lifestyle or sinfulness. And if if we're getting drawn away by the fellowship that we have with a secular audience, then we need to stay away. 
until we're strong enough that, that the predominant influence is us impacting them with our journey of faith versus being drawn into worldliness. And I love verse 2. It says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord. Hallelujah. Delighting in God's word. What a delight it is. How beautiful it is. How good and enriching it is. How much it blesses our lives to not just know the word, but to actually delight in it. Delighting in God's word. In his law, he meditates day and night. And, you know, praise God for all of you reading through the scriptures and beginning your day, or maybe for some ending your day. Uh, I really prefer the beginning, but to begin our day in God's word. And, you know, the more we are, are peppered, the more our, we are seasoned with God's word on a daily basis, it just becomes more of who we are. And, and Lord willing, his words will be on your mind and on your lips. You will be meditating more on the things of God because you're starting your day with him. And what will that person be like? Look at the promise of what that person will be like. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water. What a beautiful scene. What strength it is to be founded on God, to delight in his word, which yields its fruit in season. And its leaf does not wither. And whatever he does prospers. Look at that. There is favor. There's blessing. There's goodness. It helps us to follow God rightly, to honor his word, to delight in him. It leads to better outcome, better fruit, a better life. The wicked are not so, but they are like chaff, which the wind drives away. Hmm. You see how valuable it is? See the contrast of following God and not following God in the outcome of our lives? Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. You know, what a blessing that God just makes it clear. He just tells us, you know what? If you want to walk in wickedness, you can, but you're going to pay the consequences. If you want to walk with me and delight in me, there's blessing. He knows your way, and he's going to help you through this journey of life. Hallelujah. Oh, God, thank you for making it clear and motivating us to do what's right, to meditate on your law and to walk in the counsel of your word and of other really solid believers that we have in our lives. Thank you, God, for that rich fellowship from godly people. Let's move on now to Psalm 2. Why are the nations in an uproar and the peoples devising a vain thing? Uh, It's amazing, hey? What was written then, you know, in David's day, look what's happening now. seems like sometimes things don't change so much. The kings of the earth stand take their stand, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, capital A there. And it's interesting, you know, some of the times the direct the direct um, thought when we see A anointed, capital A anointed, is really referring to David. But here's the thing. Jesus was promised to come from the family line of David. So although some of this is directly referring to David, it definitely has a, a, a prophetic look ahead 
to the anointed one from the family line of David, Jesus. So you can rightly see these things fulfilled, not only in David, but in the Messiah, Jesus. So we should be rightly thinking of Jesus here. Let us tear their fetters apart and cast away their cords from us. Let's careful, get away from the ones that are devising vain things. He who sits in the heavens laughs. I love that. Like God, like you really, you know, God's up there saying, you know what, no matter what you guys do on here, I'm, I, I've got this. And in the end, my ways are going to win. He who sits in the heavens laughs. I love that. The Lord scoffs at them. Then he will speak to them in his anger. You know, one day judgment is coming and terrify them in his fury saying, but as for me, I have installed my king upon Zion, my holy mountain. And you know, David was the king of Jerusalem in Zion on that mount. Uh, as I speak here today, I am leaving for Israel in just a couple of days. And for the first time, I will set my eyes upon that holy mountain, Jerusalem, upon Zion. And isn't it interesting, you know, David was made the king of Jerusalem, but, you know, Jesus ultimately is the king. And so many amazing things happen on that mountain. Uh, you know, the same place that uh, Abraham was told to go in, a, I believe it was a three-day journey, to take Isaac to a specific mountain to sacrifice him. And sure enough, that was Mount Zion. Another name for it is Mount Moriah. And when Abraham went up that mountain to sacrifice his son, God provided the substitutionary sacrifice of a ram caught in a thicket instead of his son Isaac. And on that same exact mountain, Jesus Christ gave his life. The same mountain where there was a substitute for Isaac. Jesus became our substitute on Mount Moriah, out in Mount Zion in Jerusalem. And one day Jesus is going to come back as a conquering king to the same mountain. So Jer Jerusalem, Jerusalem, what a, what a special place. I will surely tell of the decree of the Lord. He said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Isn't that interesting, that begotten late? that begotten language, you know, it makes you think of, um, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And, and this verse is carried forward into the first chapter of Hebrews in talking about how superior Jesus is. And it quotes this Psalm from Psalm 2-7. He said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. And it definitely has a messianic influence in that verse. Ask of me, and I will surely give the nations as your inheritance, and the very ends of the earth as your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron, and you shall shatter them like earthenware. And to me, it seems to be speaking through to the return of Jesus Christ that's going to happen one day. And it's like, because of that, because one day he's going to come back as a conquering king. Now we get into verse 10. Now therefore, O kings, show discernment. Take warning, O judges of the earth. So what are we to do knowing that one day our Savior is going to come back as a conquering king? Listen to this. I love this. Worship the Lord with reverence and rejoice with trembling. I love the word reverence. You know, the whole 
podcast thing that I do is called Revering the Word. Having a proper awe, fear, holiness, reverence for Jesus and for His Word. Worship the Lord with reverence. See Him as holy. Have a proper fear of Him, a proper awe of God, and rejoice with trembling. Do homage to the Son that He not become angry and you perish in the way. For His wrath may soon be kindled. How blessed are all who take refuge in Him. Wow, how that closes so beautifully. Let me say that again. For His wrath may soon be kindled. How blessed are all who take refuge in Him. You know, there still is a wrath of God on the unbelieving. There's going to be a wrath that's going to take place during the tribulation, and then there's going to take place a wrath that's going to happen at the very end when Jesus comes back. But how blessed are all who take refuge in Him. Oh, that we take refuge in Jesus, our Lord and Savior, who has promised us eternal life, who is our Father, and may we take refuge in Him now and forever. Thank you, Lord, for your word. How beautiful it is. May we revere you and your word together.